0: Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Martha Wayne's got some secrets. Eight
1: weeks of 8 billion genies breaking out Captain Carter. Phoebe spills the fairy tale beans and confusion rains at the WB. This is how I got my wife to read comics for Sunday, August 14th, 2022. I'm Mark.
2: And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts and blogs and subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher, and maybe leave us a review somewhere.
1: You can email Network at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Flashpoint Beyond, number four of six, by Johns, Sheridan, Adams, Zermenico, Janen, Farharder Jr., and Belair. We begin with dialogue from Earth One. Corky keeps trying to convince Bruce to stop what he's doing, saving his Flashpoint generated dad due to all the consequences in Hypertime, etc. Cut to Flashpoint Arkham and a janitor listening to the news. The latest clockwork killer victim. A huge version of Task Force X being sent off to stop the Amazons. David Knight's disappearance. Cut to Thomas in the morgue investigating the victim, a.k.a. Reverse Flash. Over to Wayne Manor and more TV news. Wayne is not a suspect in the destruction of his casino. Tobias Whale changes his not guilty by reason of insanity plea after spending a night at Arkham. Oswald is looking for something to eat and doesn't see Dexter Dent go down into the cave. There he sees a backpack with a GR on it. It holds a version of the Robin outfit, and he puts it on.
2: Thomas returns to find out the kid is gone. We learn he's broken into Arkham to save his mom. More news, Will Payton is trying to collect other heroes to fight an imminent extraterrestrial conflict. Thomas can't be bothered with that. He needs to rebuild the clock out of the clock parts that came out of Reverse Flash. We quickly cut back and forth between Thomas and Dexter. The former realizes the missing piece is in the old, broken grandfather clock. He knows who the killer is. The latter finds his mom, but she is way too far gone by now. They run into a friend. It's Joker, a.k.a. Martha Wayne. Back on Earth-1, the snow globe explodes, and Corky explains its blue shift power, created when hypertime and Omniverse make contact. Corky goes into a speech about the Shakespeare play The Tempest and then tells Bruce that, your mom, she had a lot of secrets, a lot of problems. You see, I warned you, Batman. I really did. Next issue, The Truth About Mom.
1: Now, I read something online about the blue shift power. Everyone is now assuming that is Dr. Manhattan huh. because of the blue light ca- that comes off of him.
2: Okay. Because, and
1: guess, because he's the one who basically generated all this mm-hmm. in the first place.
2: So I'm really having a problem with this now in relation to the multiverse as well. Right, Thomas Wayne knows there's a multiverse. Mm-hmm. He knows that they've just created new timelines. Why is he even trying to change this timeline when the other timeline still exists?
1: It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It's Jeff Johns just going obscure is all he's uh, doing.
2: Yeah, let's throw in a lot of obscure concepts.
1: <laughs> eight billion Genies number four of eight from Image by Sewell and Brown. We're now in week two after G Day. Robbie has met up with a group that all wish for what he did: Superpowers. Robbie just did it to find a place where his parents could be safe. Of course, they've all come up with superhero names. Robbie wants to be called The Sun, but the others misinterpret that and call him Sun-Man. And also, of course, others wish to become supervillains, so the fight is on. Back at the bar, Daisy wants to make amends with Alex, so she decides to make a pie for him. There's explosions outside. It's the heroes and villains battling it out. Robbie's mom pleads with the others, who still have their wish left, to bring him back safe. A genie calms her, saying he's wished up a good set of powers and he should be fine. Brian remembers that his brother normally sends him crazy memes on his birthday, but there's no cell service outside the bar and he's not sure if his brother is still alive anyway. Alex and Brian decide to spend some time getting to know each other better. They were in a band together, but never really got very deep. Back to Robbie, who seems to be in constant battle and terrified of what he is forced to do. In St. Louis... Week 4, a battle ends with the city vaporized.
2: Week 5, the group continues to talk about their lives. Alex tells them that he almost became an accountant but decided to go into films instead, boosting a student loan application to fund it. He got the money G-Day minus two. Week 6, Mrs. Zhang and June Green talk about the former's pregnancy, with a genie translating. Zhang asks how it felt for June to die, and the genie explains that she's a remnant created by a wish. She never experienced death. Week 7, Daisy, Brian, and Alex have reconciled. June wants to know how Robbie is doing, and a genie gives her an update. Robbie is trying his best, but has become vicious despite that. When he sees a fellow hero fall in battle, Robbie says, I'm not ready for this. I'm only 12. Uh, I'm only 11.
1: Week 8. A drunken Alex realizes that the group in the bar is his family now. Everyone has laid themselves open to the others except the bartender. Isn't it obvious? I'm a genie. In fact, he's the last genie. Earth has gone through this cycle many times whenever the world got too full of want. They are a cosmic safety valve necessary when the population hits 8 billion. Everyone gets a wish, and well, that tends to winnow things down pretty quickly. The bartender granted the final wish in the last round, so he gets the honor of seeing how the next cycle goes. He believes that someone in the bar will wish the last wish this time. He explains that the powers phase is followed by the strategists. Back to Robbie, who finally decides he can't handle it anymore, flying into space. He turns back to see the other heroes and villains being destroyed. He sees a domed city and flies down to it. I just, want, I just want to find somewhere good. I'm the idea man, son. Welcome home. The first eight weeks. Human population 1.1 billion and falling. Genie population 550,000. Next issue, the first eight months. <laughs>
2: Captain Carter, number five of five from Marvel, by McKelvey, Cresta, and Milla. Peggy has been arrested, and Lizzie Braddock is on the run. The head of strike, Hunter, is updating the PM. Lizzie materializes next to him in his limo with Tony driving, kidnapping him. Back in Harley's apartment, they go through the whole story. How the PM is using the threat of HYDRA to turn the UK into a dictatorship. How the PM is actually a vampire and the father of another vampire who's also in the House of Lords. How they use their powers to take control of key figures of power in order to crush dissent. And how they framed Peggy. Amazingly, Hunter accepts all this. Lizzie also announces she's a mutant. Now they all need to break out Peggy and stop this from happening. That will be difficult as she's in a meta-resistant Supermax prison. Hunter goes in to do a spot inspection, allowing Harley to hack their system and provide a distraction. Lizzie uses Tony's hollow projection to sneak in, then uses her psionic powers to take out the guards. Lizzie and Peggy have a reunion and the latter suits up.
1: Unfortunately, the Vamps have been alerted and there's a major battle. Lord Vamp... Rips Tony's metal arm off. PM Vamp goes into a long speech while fighting Peggy. Hydra was just a cover. They've been gone since 1945. They use the threat to get people up in arms. Harley stakes Lord Vamp, who slices her throat as she dies. PM Vamp continues his villain speech. He didn't have to control very many people, the others simply agree with him. There's talk about how Hitler was right, and commoners will be easy to control. In a move everyone saw coming, Harley broadcasts the villain speech to the internet. PM Vamp doesn't care. You're too late to stop me. Lizzie swipes the PM Vamp's necklace off him, which protected him from the sunlight, and he's toast. In an epilogue, there's a no-confidence vote. Parliament is dissolved with a snap election to come. Strike, with Lizzie now the deputy director, cleans house as well. Harley is saved by Tony and now has a metal neck with a built-in auto-tune. The charges against Peggy are dropped, and she leaves Strike, deciding to be a hero on her own terms.
2: Rivers of London, Deadly Ever After, number three from Titan by Bromfman, Cartmel, and Baroy. The twin goddesses have caught Phoebe and returned to her ramshackle apartment. We get the whole story about her and her ancestors. Great-granddad Jeter believed in magic and painted the fairies he believed were all around. Turns out they were, and came to his world via the magical mulberry tree. They've been watching him and save him by taking him back with them. Grandma Rose was inspired by fairy tales and was convinced her dad would return. Phoebe honored Rose by taking her friends to the woods, hoping one day she might find Jeter. Which brought the goddesses to the mulberry tree, which they accidentally revealed. Jeter returned and found Phoebe with plans to go home. Unfortunately, someone else lives in his old home now, and he makes plans to wipe them out so that he and Phoebe can move back in. Ah, if we want our happy ending, we must take it by force. Phoebe convinces him to stop, and Jeter realizes he must convince her. How better to do that than bring fairy tales to life? Her friends were then transformed. Now Jeter won't leave Phoebe alone, coming to save her if she's in distress.
1: Armed with all this info, the goddesses go to do some research in the library, which involves a fan-favorite character that I am unaware of.
2: Of course you are, because you don't read the books. Yeah. That's Abigail.
1: Okay. (laughs) After a detour from some wacky side characters, they learn they just need Jeter to touch some of the mulberry wood, and he'll be whisked back to where he came. They make some arrows out of the wood, and Phoebe acts like she's in trouble. Unfortunately, Jeter whips up some water dragons and takes Chelsea, one of the goddesses, hostage.
2: And that really shouldn't matter because she's a goddess of the river, so she won't drown. Right. So, <laughs> I I noticed this is written by Andrew Cartmel, who is very familiar with the subject, but he's not the original author. And I think that's why we're not seeing many of the regular characters in here. Right. I'm enjoying it, though. That's nice there's been a lot of news about dc and their media properties lately let's go over that WBDC has never had a coherent plan for their superhero properties for decades it was superman batman lather rinse repeat with no one else getting to play they tried a green lantern film which turned out to be atrocious scaring them away WB expects every DC film to be a tentpole, which GL was never going to be. It took the billions getting racked up by the MCU for them to try again. Unfortunately, WB DC wanted the big bucks now, refusing to take the time the MCU took to build up a set of characters over years. They introduced Diana at the tail end of a silly Superman vs. Batman film, with an actually decent Wonder Woman film following. They then skipped the line and went straight to Justice League. It was a mess having to set up characters that were new to most of a potential audience while telling a main story. It didn't help that directors were switched out midstream. Recently, they began to realize they could produce films that were mostly separate from a massive continuity. Joker, Suicide Squad, Shazam.
1: And that brings us to now and Studio Intrigue. WB, needing to grow in order to compete with the other studio colossi, merged with Discovery. The merger created an enormous amount of debt, so they needed to cut costs and fast. With new studio heads, there was a course change. Spending big money on streaming-only productions for HBO Max, which worked okay during the pandemic, was now off the table. There would be a new plan going forward for DC, but what about the stuff in the pipeline? First off, there's the Batgirl film, already in the can and costing $90 million to make. It was intended to kick off a whole multiverse thing with a new Supergirl and old Batman, Michael Keaton, coming in. However, early screenings were mixed. Earlier, this would have meant moving it to streaming, but not anymore. The accountants at WB realized they could write it off and make some money back by never releasing it at all. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the film starring a non-white, non-male lead. DC Films' honcho, Walter Hamada, nearly quit over this decision. The next item is the Black Adam movie, which is still set for October. This is a huge budget film and will introduce the JSA. Plus, WB wants to keep The Rock on their side, so this slot is likely secure. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, set for a December release, falls into this same category. However, the Gotham Knights TV show set for December on the CW is very much in question. WB is selling off the CW to a local station group, which has made it very clear that they only want cheap shows, which Gotham Knights is not.
2: Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, set for next March, has a controversy swirling around it and her name is Amber Heard. She's still set to portray Mira, though. Bat Flack is supposed to be in it as well, so it will likely make it to screens. But if you want controversy, there's no better example than The Flash, set for next June. We won't go into detail on Ezra Miller's issues, other than the likelihood that he will be watching the premiere from a prison cell. Seems like terrible optics for WB, but I guess they are pot-committed on this. The latest, there are three options. One, Miller goes into rehab and gets better and does publicity for the film. Two, Miller doesn't go into rehab, gets better anyway, and does minimal publicity. And three, Miller gets worse, enough for the film to be shelved.
1: There are several projects that WBDC insists are still going forward as planned, but I wouldn't put any money on it. A Latino Blue Beetle film set for a year from now, a recently announced sequel to the Joker film Now with Lady Gaga, the second season of Peacemaker on HBO Max, which would seem to fly in the face of no-big-money-on-streaming-stuff rule. Projects also on shaky ground? The GL core series for HBO Max supposedly filming later this year, a sequel to the Robert Pattinson Batman film, an HBO Max-based Penguin and Arkham Asylum series in the Pattinson continuity, Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Superman film, the third Wonder Woman film with Gal Gadot returning, a Dead Boy detective spinoff coming out of Doom Patrol on HBO Max, which also begs the question, will there be more Doom Patrol or Titans, considering those are expensive series designed for streaming, plus To Be Determined projects for Satana, Black Canary, Supergirl, Our Man, Static Shock, Aqualad, and J.L. Dark.
2: You know, Mark, as much as I'd love to see some of these series, I also know that Warner Brothers DC Group could screw them up so badly that I would be disappointed. So maybe it's better that they don't come out.
1: Yeah, it almost seems like once in a while a good movie comes out in spite of themselves.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Call us at 614 That's 614 sfp Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye bye.